I am so intrigued by your life experience with Irwin. And uh, I would love to hear um, sort of um, the, the last thing that you just told me about the, his end of life. Uh, and then I have a, a more formal question uh, after that. But uh, I, I would say that what you just told me about what you experienced and that you're going to relate again, would that be sort of the spark that made you know that music was really the most powerful uh, powerful agent in our lives? Absolutely. It's, it's more than an agent. It's a medicament. It is medicine. And now, I mean, I used to pussyfoot around saying that music is medicine, music is magic, but it is so conclusively shown now in the bodies of scientific literature that music is medicine. Music changes brain chemistry. It activates our very own pharmacies that live in our brain. And the more complex the engagement of making music together, even just it's all uh, exponential, so that somebody sitting humming or tapping to music is already activating the release of neurotransmitters from their brain. Step it up and make it a more complex activity, maybe dancing and singing, maybe singing and clapping, notches that demand on the brain up a little more. And then the most complex of the activities that the brain can experience is playing a musical instrument. You've got the eyes focused on the notes. You've got your fingers going on keys. You've got your feet on the pedals. You've got your ears involved in the harmonics. That demand opens up all of the cells in our own brains that are chemical releasing cells called neurotransmitters. And they are the feel good medicaments or agents to re respond to your term. But it is the most powerful thing. Playing a musical instrument is like a full body workout in the brain. And my story that I shared with you pre-recording that I will repeat now is having lived for 15 years as a spouse and as a caregiver for my darling Erwin Rosenstein. May he rest in peace. He's with me here in my little lacquered box as ashes. I lived it. I breathed it. I drank it, I ate it for 15 years. And I can tell you when we found quite serendipitously that music is medicine for the mind and music making does what I have just shared with you. That came from a moment in time when my guy after 10 years of struggling with Parkinson's, this was pre-dementia, he was having a side effect to his medications that because he had been on them for so long, the brain started to react and he was hallucinating. He was agitated. We were living with droves of people in our home. And I would say, Erwin, it's just you and me, sweetheart. Believe me, Dr. Bronstein said, you are just 
having a hallucination and he would believe me and he would settle down. But the way that they treated those side effects was to reduce the dose. Well, if you pull the rug out from under somebody when they need that to stay on the rug, you got a pretty sad, forlorn case on your hands. And with my clinical eye being in healthcare as a mind-body practitioner for all of my life, my clinical eye kept seeing Erwin at a low time of his reduced meds, sitting playing the piano, he would revive, just like an orchid behind me would start to wilt and needed a little drink. And I saw this repeatedly and Dr. Bronstein said in a nonchalant way, Carol, you're watching the power of music changing brain chemistry. What a story. And he, he, he gave that to me like he knew that I knew about Wheaties for breakfast. And I said, does that mean that I can find some like-minded souls and have a jam session together? He said, well, why not? And so we did. I did. And little did I know what lay ahead. But yes, the Fifth Dementia Band was born. We were a rip-roaring success from the beginning. We went through media, like you cannot believe, with cameras coming in to watch our Fifth Dementia Band in action. Some of our people were able to speak and respond to questions. Others were in a longer, deeper stage of the continuum and could not be challenged by a question. And like Sam, who was aphobic because of his dementia, would take out his harmonica. And a news reporter would ask him a question and he'd start playing his harmonica. <laughs> And that's how he engaged with his world because he had his voice. It wasn't in the traditional style of speaking, but he was making a noise enough for the recipient to understand what was going on in the moment. And so fast forward, and my guy did not want to leave. He was happy as a member of the fifth dementia, he had music all around him all day, but he was fading fast at this point because normally your physicians talk about a 10 year window. Here we are on our way to 15. <laughs> and during his last period of life, bed bound, aphasic, and just waiting to cross over, and not a happy camper. And I would tell him all the time, Erwin, if you want to go, go. Let me not stop you. We will meet again somewhere. But I would go in in the morning to say hello to him. I would take my little shakers in my nighty, crank on the music, start to jam with him and within seconds he would hear the rhythm up would come the hands under the sheets 
And then up would come the knees under the sheets. And we were just literally dancing together. The most spectacular conversation that any couple that had the most amazing relationship for nearly 40 years. That was the language that we spoke. And he was able to engage in till he took his last breath. So sitting here in my chair, I know what the music does for us. I see it all day and every day. I've just come from a fantastic in-person band in Beverly Hills called the Treblemakers. And they have between 70 and 100 seniors packing in, letting their hair down. People at 97 are jiving and dancing and moving to the music. It's all that the seniors have left. Now, as we look at the next phase of growth, the juniors are the next big step to merge the generations in music. Because Johnny at six or seven or 17 and grandpa are not gonna be able to use traditional language skills to keep on talking about what happened at school today, Johnny. But Johnny will pick up his musical instrument Grandpa will start to sing or play his musical instrument, which he never forgets how to play. And the two of them will use music as the last language to keep those souls connected. So today I am really excited about your background and that you have access to the kids that are musical because that's the gift you're offering them. And in some way, you gotta merge the generations because it's gonna give a bigger smile to the seniors. And it's gonna be the salvation for the juniors to keep on keeping on with mother and father, aunt and uncle, or grandma or grandpa. So we are in the business Yes. Together. Absolutely. Of making music as quickly, as fast, and as loud as we can make it. The world is waiting for this chip. Your, um, your idea has really taken off in, uh, from what I can see. And I'm just curious, who uh, you must have been surrounded by so many friends and uh, people who are interested in helping you. Can you sort of describe how it just exploded the way it did? How you all of a sudden went from your fifth dementia uh, to the troublemakers? I mean, how did, how did that all take off? It's the magic that comes with music. We're all wired for rhythm. Music is the universal language. People are beside themselves in anguish and depression on what to do with the older folk that are getting diagnoses every three seconds. Chip, I'm not talking about a traditional disease. I'm talking about dementia. Every three seconds, somebody is being diagnosed with dementia. 
every 65 seconds, someone with Alzheimer's and every five minutes, someone with Parkinson's. We have a pandemic on our hands. We know what a pandemic means now. Pre-COVID, people didn't know what the word pandemic meant. So we learned what a pandemic means. It means that there are cases coming so fast and so wide that you are baffled as to how to handle it. So in came the vaccinations and the boosters and the every six months, blah, 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 blah. it's like under control right now. Maybe not, but maybe yes. But we're running a parallel pandemic because the baby boomers of which I am one, we're getting old. And as we are aging, these diseases are cropping up in the numbers that I've just recited. And what are we gonna do for these people? There's no cure. And the medications like with Irwin hardly helped, but to give them a dose of medicine as music has a carryover, it has a socialization factor, can keep these people at home longer, before people in, especially in the USA, unlike some of the other countries where your aged parents stay with you and in your home under the same roof, but everybody here is wanting to ship uncle out into a facility and it's gonna be a Medicare long-term care issue for money. But the longer we can keep people engaged in music making, the longer, the music is like a pause button. That means that grandpa can stay home for longer because of the music medicine. And therefore the system financially is going to be miles ahead of the game as we are dropping now into financial insurance bankruptcy. So, what we have, Chip, is gold. It's easy to disseminate. It's inexpensive. And the return is maximal. Exactly. The uh, thing that I'm most curious about is somebody who does all of the logistics for programming. I mean, that's something I love to think about. Like, how do you make this happen? Uh, I'm just curious, you have to have a formula um, that you use in order to sort of set up a site, because I read that there are about 20 of these sites, is that correct? This is pre-COVID. Oh, yeah. We're on a roll. Yeah. And, I, and I must tell you, I mean, the two most important ingredients mm -hmm. that you talk about a formula, and there's really no hidden secret, but for me, I had to come to grips with myself when I saw music men's minds taking off. I had to look at myself in the mirror, coming out of a retirement, already turning 70, and I needed to tell Carol, if this was gonna grow, I needed to be prepared to show up anywhere and anyhow in order to make this message 
heard loud and clear. There are two ingredients. And mind you, all my life, I've been so concerned about death and dying. Now I've really learned and embrace it more. I'm close. And, and there's really, you know, a lot to be enjoyed about being in your golden years that really are for most are not golden. <laughs> I can't use the real word on this podcast, but <laughs> it's got four letters to it and it starts with S and ends with T. <laughs> so the golden years is really a misnomer. <laughs> but the two ingredients that have kind of really just swirled as I'm thinking about, you know, making a cake with a teaspoon of this and a tablespoon of that. The two ingredients are unconditional love and kindness. And lack of judgment, well, that's the unconditional love, but not to come with a, a judge sitting on your shoulder with his gavel ready to say, you're sensed, you're sentenced. <laughs> but yes, the, the, the unconditional love, a lot of patience. Everybody is waiting to be loved. And to turn somebody's lights on in a loving way, giving them music, which they love anyway, and making music with them and letting them go back into a sand pit, which we all enjoyed as a kid. We had a bucket, a, shay, a shovel, and a spade. And we used to spend hours in our sand pit with buddies. Guess what? The second childhood, which is what this community is about, are using music and their musical instruments as their sandpit. And in the sandpit comes a safe zone. When it's safe, there's vulnerability. Where there's vulnerability, you have a child interacting with a buddy at the same vibrational level. And that's the gift that you are giving the world and that I am giving the world as well. That's beautiful. So if I wanted to start a, a Music Men's Mind satellite in Chicago, what, uh, what would I do? Well, there are a few ways to go. I'll tell you the best way. Why? Because serendipitously, when we were first approached by PBS several years ago to say, can they come in and make a documentary? One of the 150 calls that I got from that documentary at the seven o'clock news hour was a phone call from a woman in Washington state on Vashon Island. And she said, my husband and I've just watched the evening news. 
We'd love to come down to Los Angeles and meet you and see the fifth dementia in action. In they walked. We hugged, we chatted. She sat down with her husband, now deceased. I could see her moved to tears, chatting with caregivers and loved ones sitting in an audience in the pews watching the fifth dementia having the best time of their lives. She left. Then she called three months later and said, do you remember me from Vashon Island? Yes. She said, we'd like to fly you up to Vashon for the launch of the first baby band offspring of the Fifth Dementia Band. And we're called the Island Rockers. <laughs> that moment in time was a birth of our good fortune. This lady was a Rotarian. She took the idea back to her club. They said, let's go for it. They parented the Island Rockers, diapered, fed, nurtured, grew the Island Rockers as a project of their Rotary Club. Fast forward, I wish I had something right here to show you. Let me just grab what I'm about to show you. This is the May edition of the Rotary Magazine. That goes to 1.4 million Rotarians in 135,000 clubs in over 200 countries. That's our partner. And when you say, how do I get started in the greater Chicago area? My first suggestion is go find a Rotary Club. Tell them that the, the founder of Music Men's Minds is willing to zoom in and do a presentation and show them how it's done. We have just launched a global initiative, Rotary Wide, Music Men's Minds has been working with a music educator. And on our website is the how to start your own band. Of course, every project is unique, but it's stepping stones. We will teach the musical Rotarians in that club how to do this. We will support them once a month with problem solving zoom sessions and we will keep them fired up which is not going to take much because they're going to see the return in their own club project as they go out into the community around that rotary club touching seniors and juniors making music 
and helping us handle our pandemic of neurodegenerative disease patients. That's one way. It's the easiest way. Because if you wanted to go it alone, you would need to create a committee. You would need to have somebody that would go find a location that would be handicapped accessible for your seniors to attend safely. And with your little committee and a few flyers around the neighborhood, bring in your juniors, bring in friends, have a launch like I did, tell them this is a new project. It's the most amazing project around and it is philanthropically driven. We need to take music to the people in our neighborhoods. And you can do it that way and be responsible for you and your committee. But if you can find a Rotary Club, it just makes finding a committee easier, makes you consider being a Rotarian. It's an amazing service organization. I am a proud Rotarian today because that's why I get out of bed every day. I am serving humanity in a crisis. And that makes my day a whole lot worthwhile. That is beautiful. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure. <laughs>